0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet, so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com with Gutter Helmet. You'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On ninety-three WIBC. So
1: let's rock. It. Brian Baker's filling in for Hammer. My name is Nigel. Hey Brian, does uh, our transportation secretary actually do anything? Like, <laughs> like, has he actually accomplished anything? Uh, Mayor well, Pete, old pothole Pete, has he done anything that is worthwhile? Well,
2: in, uh, okay, in in terms of his uh, performance uh, of his job duties, no. But I understand that he's a very caring and attentive parent.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he took longer paternity leave than my wife did. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's an old uh, paternity Pete. Yeah, he's doing a Um, splendid job, isn't he?
1: Besides highlighting that we have racist roads in this country, I'm not sure Pete Buttigieg (laughs) has done squat, especially in terms of supply chain, uh, in terms of baby formula, in terms of uh, especially the utter catastrophe that we saw from the airlines, not only this summer, Mm -hmm. uh, last fall... And of course, now Southwest Airlines, sixty percent of Southwest Airlines again canceled today. They're saying they should return to normal, but uh, you know, I remember at one point Pete did did write a sternly worded letter to the <laughs> uh, to the airline saying, "Hey, uh-uh. hey!" Um, but now, first of all, have you ever? I'm really shocked by Southwest. I always fly Southwest. I've flown on it a, a hundred times and I've never had it's any my problems. My
2: favorite airline yeah. my, by far my favorite airline good prices they're efficient uh, I, i'm telling you man like i and they call them a budget airline which i don't get because i have never had better service or enjoyed a, yeah. my flights more than when i'm on southwest and i've flown some of the other airlines and i'm telling you it ain't the same the only thing that i could compare it to in terms of southwest was when you remember american trans air remember when that yeah ATA. Was sure yeah aga was fantastic and it was like uh, you know southwest is kind of like uh i I don't know it's the same experience for me as a uh, flyer and when i say flyer i mean someone who hasn't been on a plane in about 10 years oh
1: you haven't (laughs) flown in a
2: decade wow even out to la yeah probably seven years i I think is how long yeah i just you know what i'd rather be behind the wheel my own car
1: probably a lot of people that were stranded and stuck in places other than their homes over the holiday that wish they would have driven um and it looks like old secretary transportation secretary pete mayor pete, i'll just call him mayor pete mayor, mayor Petey pants ignored uh-huh. ignored warnings from um several attorney generals in turning I- including the new york attorney general leticia james she sent him a letter uh earlier this year warned of the quote deeply troubling and escalating pattern of airlines delaying and canceling flights quote Uh, again more uh, more from this this letter Uh, airlines have attributed cancellations to staffing shortages particularly due to a purported shortage of airline pilots yet as you have acknowledged the pilot shortage is due in large part to actions taken by the airlines forcing pilots into early retirement or otherwise shrinking their pilot pool
2: no, 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 I got a real problem with this, Nigel. This yeah. really gets in my craw. Terrible mayor, terrible transportation secretary, and I take no comfort in knowing that the government, the very entity that helped cause this problem, is now beating on the airlines to fix the problem. These idiots in Washington shut down the entire country for a virus with a more than 95% survivability rate. That, in turn, had an impact on the airlines and their profitability. These bumbling buffoons pushed for stimulus measures that obliterated the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar, created massive inflation, massive shortages of consumer goods, led to panic buying, and again, ultimately helped fuel the surge in fuel prices. Mm. These pinheads of the highest order that are serving within the Biden administration implemented an energy policy that sent fuel prices soaring, airline tickets soaring in turn, and led to a decline in travel because flying became unaffordable and then on top of that these narcissistic nimrods told the airlines what covid policies they were required to adhere to including an overbearing mask policy which led to even fewer travelers for the airlines which killed their profits led to massive layoffs but please tell me more about how paternity leave pete is going to fix the (laughs) airline industry's travel woes during a -a once-in-a-lifetime winter storm that's already over
1: well the with southwest particularly we had a great conversation with the commercial airline pilot Uh, he was retired mike hatton he's been on the show before go back and listen to yesterday's show man the 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 commercial uh, the former uh, pilot mike he was great and, and chalked it up to uh a lot of the problems after the winter storm because they, all the other airlines got their crap in order. The Southwest is the only one still canceling 60% of their flights days later, and it's because of the software they use. Their antiquated software, the um, communications, and everything is just all jacked. And, 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 and part of it, again hell even even over the summer elizabeth warren old pocahontas herself sent a letter to Mayor pete <laughs> urging him to quote fully utilize its state uh, statutory authority to protect consumers and promote competition in the airline industry and then there was uh, more attorney generals um, i mean letter after letter warning after warning and as a matter of fact Listen to this audio. Mayor Pete went on James Corden a few months ago and and said, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be fine for the holidays.
0: This past summer, I'm sure people here in the audience experienced this, a lot of disruption. Thousands of flights canceled, uh, even more delayed. It was kind of a brutal summer for travel. What can be done about
1: this? Do you think this issue will be sorted in time for the holidays. I think it's gonna get better by the holidays. We're really pressing the airlines to deliver better service. We need to make sure that the system is ready. So we're taking a number of steps. Oh, I'm sure that made everybody feel much better.
2: You know, no wonder Joe Biden uh, believes that that, uh, Mayor Pete is almost like his own son because he does the same crap Biden does. He takes victory laps for things that haven't happened yet, and then it winds up never happening.
1: And then meanwhile, countless pieces of luggage lost. I mean, thousands of luggage lost. Here's the moment. Check this out. Listen to this. Here's the moment a passenger found his bag. He had two canceled Southwest flights. His name's Patrick. Finally reunited with his bag at Midway and he let the entire baggage claim and the entire airport know how he felt when he found his bag. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry, it's been a fucking week!
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I would probably be the same way, man. I would probably be the same way. In other news, uh, the January 6th committee, the... The the sham show trial committee dropped their uh, subpoena. They withdrew a subpoena for Donald Trump. You remember that was a big thing a couple <laughs> okay. of weeks ago.
2: Uh huh. Um, oh, I'll, I'll be golly! And, you know, and now they've made this announcement while no one's paying attention. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, here, uh, Donald Trump's doing a victory lap. Uh, got on social media. Quote was just advised that the unselect committee of political thugs has withdrawn the subpoena of me concerning the January 6th protest of the crooked 2020 election. They probably did so because they knew I did nothing wrong or they were about to lose in court. Perhaps the FBI's involvement in rigging the election played into their decision. In any event, the subpoena is dead.
2: (laughs) Well, and is anybody surprised by this, Nigel? I mean, truthfully, I have such mixed feelings about Donald Trump, but the man is Teflon. He is the Teflon Don. Nothing sticks to him. And every time they go after him and they always build it up, this is going to be the thing that's going to take Trump down. And every single time he manages to escape and uh, they, they back down and he winds up being just fine. People around him might be going down, but not Donald Trump himself. How many times are we going to play this exercise out? You know, can we just back off and move on now and get focused on uh, the country's needs? Because I don't really give a crap about Donald Trump at this point or uh, the January 6th insurrection. Nor do I think most of the people that are more moderate Democrats. Folks are ready to move on and focus on the task at hand.
3: You're listening
0: to
1: The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Brian, I did want to get your take I wanna drill down more into what happened with Avatar and why there's been such yeah. a significant plunge in box office sales this second weekend. But are you are you okay? There was a <laughs> sort of a vague text last Jeez. night about a hospital and then I saw the tweet about how one minute you're brushing their teeth and the next minute you're in a hospital. Everything uh, all right? Yeah.
2: Oh, it's just been a delightfully restful and uh, blessed holiday season for us. And I, you know, my folks, they came down, God bless them. They came down to, to, well, not so much spend time with me. They've had enough of me at this point, but then, you know, spend a little Christmas time with the wife and, the and with the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who, by the way, if, if I was ever uh, thinking I needed a paternity test, uh, it, it's not going to be necessary. My <laughs> my mom is sitting next to my daughter. They're watching TV. All of a sudden my daughter floats an air biscuit and says, <laughs> mm, Smell that honeysuckle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. She could have only, she could, yeah, that could only be your daughter. For sure.
2: <laughs> She's mine, for sure. <laughs> so my folks get down here, man. And, you know, of course, they go through all of the misery of the weather and driving down here. A lot of people had to experience that. They're here yeah. about a day. They find out that there's some kind of a plumbing issue with their condo in northern Indiana. And they may have had uh, pipes explode oh. and, uh, you know, all kinds of water in their unit. So, so that really, uh, you know, set them up for a restful time. Then last night, I mean, you know, we finally everything's calmed down. Everybody's enjoying each other. We're having a good time. And then I'm upstairs. I have just had a nice shower and I'm singing uh, Stars Shining to my daughter, putting her to bed, and all of a sudden we hear the loudest boom followed by... My father's, uh, um, or the uh, the jeep, the the car they brought down, and I hear the car alarm going off. Oh, Rush downstairs, no. and I figure, okay, there's there's been a car accident because it sounded exactly like that. Open the door. My father is now laying in the doorway, right oh. there in the entranceway, in excruciating pain. Oh, and this man. is a man with a very high pain tolerance. I t- so I was with him when he took a uh, one of those uh, stingray, uh, you know, one of the tails from the stingray, took one right through the foot, and he wasn't no, having been- any challenge just dealing with that and that's painful he's an excruciating pain i immediately jumped to the worst case scenario which is he's either a been hit by a car or b had a, a heart attack.
3: attack
2: yeah yeah no he, he apparently was uh trying to be helpful to my mom bring some things in uh, tripped coming over uh, our uh, our little entryway rug which we bought just for my parents visit <laughs> so that everything would look cute hit his head oh, smacked man. his shoulder into the doorway we figured he probably busted his shoulder so we go on down uh, to the uh, to the hospital which by the way I haven't seen a hospital like this since I was in LA it was packed man and packed with people who we're not in the best of shape. And there were clearly some people that were just using it as the doctor's office. Oh, well, my goodness. I mean, they they put the, mo- the man through everything. First of all, after waiting about an hour and a half, they finally get us in. They uh, they give him about seven x-rays. Great. Then the doctor says, okay, everything looks good, but they still have to have their specialist come by and give his oh, A-OK. So sake. that takes another hour. Then, oh, you hit your head? Well, you got to have a CAT scan. That's general policy. So then we're there for another hour. Then he says, yeah, CAT scan looks good, but, again, uh, we have to have the person that's the expert on CAT scans, come out and look at it and make sure that you're all right before we let you leave. And then (laughs) to just, you know, really instill confidence in uh, the medical industry, when we're just getting ready to be discharged, they come out with uh, the arm sling and the ice for uh, for his shoulder, and uh, the the nurse proceeds to ice his elbow. So clearly, uh, you know, communication and... (laughs) All
1: that, See, and an he comes out with an iced elbow.
2: Yeah, well, well. And, but is but he okay, man? Was, How's he feeling? He's fine, all thank right. God. He didn't break his shoulder. He just—we uh, think what happened was he dislocated his shoulder. But when he sat back up, it popped back into place. So now he's on all uh, kinds of ibuprofen and everything, and and iced up. So, yeah, I—I'm yeah. I, sure they're thrilled they came down here this holiday. <laughs> it's just been a delightfully restful time That's for a,
1: all. A great purchase on the carpet that he <laughs> wound up tripping over. Good job, there, buddy. Yeah, thanks. I picked uh, that out special. uh, Real quick, we touched on this the other day. I think I was on with you and with Casey. uh, But I thought it was curious that Avatar 2 plunged 58% in its second weekend at the box office. Like, you go back to 2009, Avatar declined at 2% in its second weekend, back when the first one came out. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe the weather and the holiday season had something to do with it. But, I mean, are you attributing this to anything in particular?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I think there's a uh, the enthusiasm for the big-budget blockbuster films that have all the special effects, Avatar, I mean, Black Panther 2 did horrendous in uh, box office, and I, the the superheroes, the big-budget films, they're starting to fall off anyway. People are losing interest. Um, but I, yeah, I think there's a a certain lack of enthusiasm, but also think about the amount of content that's out there that's really good content, and it's available via streaming. And now, you know, most of the streaming services have some kind of a free option. I think people just felt like staying in you know the weather was crap and they're probably over Hollywood to a large extent and uh, you know there's some backlash from that as well especially when you got James Cameron talking about how he cut 17 minutes out of Avatar 2 because he didn't want to fetishize guns yeah the guy who made the Terminator doesn't want to fetishize
1: guns I mean the same guy that said uh, uh, masculinity is or you know testosterone is (laughs) is poison basically (laughs) there's too much testosterone says the guy that probably doesn't have any um <laughs> i do think it's funny yeah he what he cut 10 to 15 seconds out of avatar because uh, he didn't want to exploit the gun fetish this is, yeah. this is a gun fetish uh in this uh, culture and i wanted to get rid of some of that ugliness dude you wrote terminator and alien and, and terminator 2 and it, it's like you know it, spare me you right give back the checks then dude all right it's a hammer and nigel show Nigel show on 93 WIPC yeah I'm Nigel Brian Baker's in for hammer and hammer is on the drive com hotline Hambone, how's it going man well big
5: Nigel, remember this you can't spell seagull without two L's and that's what that dumpster diver has taken this entire <laughs> story about Camp Atterbury.
1: let's all right let's start at the beginning because I know you and Brian are both fired up about this um and and I am too. Uh, I uh, you know with that original story from from Bob Siegel and WTHR ran, uh, my wife and I were both watching. I had no idea it was coming on. And afterwards, my wife just looked at me and said, "You know, they mentioned Hammer's name a lot more than they did yours." <laughs> I'm like, "What well, right. contest?" <laughs> well, I,
3: I <laughs> <is> nice. She <laughs> was
5: like, "Man, I had no idea that that story was coming on because they didn't reach out to us." Now right. they're mm-hmm. trying to make the claim. WTHR Channel 13, Bob Siegel. They're trying to make the claim. Well, we reached out to management and nobody nobody got back with us. How about you reach out to Hammer and Nigel? Because I guarantee you, we would have got back. Well, with we
1: you. we we were the ones that had to reach out to him. Remember? Let's hold on. It's let's right. just back up. Let, let, let's just back up here. Um and, and and start and Hammer, I'll, I'll let you have the floor. Just maybe start from the beginning, um, and then we'll explain where we're at with this thing now.
5: So when the Afghan refugees were being sent uh, to various places in the United States, Camp Atterbury was one of the locations. And a lot of these refugees got there. And all we kept hearing from local media, predominantly television, throughout the city of Indianapolis was, oh, this is great. What a humanitarian story. Hoosiers helping Hoosiers. The governor was all in on it. It was a feel-good story. Well, I started getting some messages from some folks that were at Camp Atterbury, boots on the ground folks, folks that I trust very much. And it was more than one. And they were saying, yeah, it's not just kids playing soccer here. That's happening. Kids are playing soccer, but we got a lot of problems, too, We've got some cultural differences. There's a lot of poop and feces. <laughs> There's fighting. We're hearing reports that some of these you know, refugees are sneaking off campus.
1: Vandalism.
5: License plates and trying to steal things from the local stores. There's cultural differences between men and women, to put it mildly. So we mention that on our show. And like the next day, you've got Channel 13's verified segment which, real quick before I move on, isn't some sort of local thing they do. This is a national cookie-cutter program that airs in every single market that has an NBC affiliate across this country ordered from the top. They have to do this. So they put the guy best known as being the dumpster diver, Bob Siegel, on the story. And to kind of shame us, they speak to the folks at Camp Atterbury. And I was shocked tonight when the folks at Camp Atterbury said there
1: was nothing shady going on at Camp Atterbury. So, yeah, they get a hold of a PR, they you know they get a hold of some PR flax and say no, nah, everything's fine. There's no vandalism. Everything's you know. When in reality, now there's a story that just came out that well, the Pentagon is writing checks to military bases all over the country, including Camp Atterbury. Uh, this one for sixteen million dollars for damages caused uh right. by the large mm-hmm. number of people, significant damages to the to the barracks.
5: This would be like if Bob Siegel on Channel Thirteen did their verify segment. Well, Jim Mersey and Chris Ballard say everything's
2: fine with the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> so we're just going to take your word for it. <laughs> so uh, after after Hammer's had his say, I, I I'd like to uh, to make a few comments about. We this got as plenty well of because, time. Okay, go yeah. Ahead, ahead. Uh, so uh, all right, I'm furious about this because. As you guys remember, I mean, I wrote the original article. I didn't think much about it. Right. But then WTHR decided that uh, everything that was said that this was just all about racism. And so they do their little, uh, you know, dog and just this stupid little uh, the, the verify segment. So. I took it upon myself because it it appeared as though no one else had any interest in actually talking to the people directly at Camp Atterbury and getting the real story and finding out what the facts are. So I reached out. I reached out to people that were flaming us online. I talked to them about it. What have you heard? I talked to someone who was extremely high up within the organization and got the scoop from him. And it turned out that, yep, a lot of the stuff that we were reporting was in fact happening. In addition to that, there were other incidents that took place that we didn't even report a lot of things that were, were going on behind the scenes, I chose not to bring into the discussion at that point in time because it becomes such a dumpster fire and I was waiting to get the official confirmation. So there was stuff that I held back and you guys remember, I came on the air and pushed back on you on this story because I was trying to calm things down and bring a balanced perspective into it. Now we find out that not only the individual that I spoke to who was high up and told me some of the, the really disturbing things that were happening behind the scenes, but also their official spokesperson person who was there for what, like half a day, took a little stroll and then got back on a plane. She's in there. Oh, no, everything's fine. You know, there's some cultural differences, but oh, it's just so heartwarming. I got a problem with that because I think the primary reason they did this and they justified it in their own minds was, well, we don't want to have any security issues. And, you know, we've got a lot to manage down here. Bullcrap. When the American people are Foot in the bill for this stuff. We have a right to know exactly what's happening down there. All right, this is on our turf. It's in our backyard, and you had a responsibility to be truthful, not just sugarcoat things, not hold stuff back in hopes that uh, you know you just you were dealing with such a mess you didn't want to bring any uh, any issue into uh, additional issues into the situation. And on top of that, this is not just people pooping wherever they like. Take a look at some of these photos. There is intentional damage that was inflicted on these buildings, and it is not just locally. Sixteen million. I mean, what's the total, guys, across the United States? Two hundred sixty uh, million. Two
1: hundred sixty million uh, in barracks damages. Two
2: hundred sixty million. <sighs> so, yeah, so I'm I'm a little fired up about it.
1: So, Hammer, one um, of the things that you know, bob it's hilarious watching bob siegel tweet about this now he hasn't tweeted since like december oh, he's
5: melting down on <laughs> he twitter he, has so so funny. It's fantastic.
1: he hasn't <laughs> tweeted like since december 22nd and now he's, <laughs> he's just all all upset <laughs> one of the things he said okay so all right so that ad, so that they run that special um or whatever it was called the verify segment and they never reached out to to us to you i mean uh he's I guess right. he left a message on our boss's voicemail and, and our boss we actually had to reach out to him and we and and tell us what that conversation was like. I'm sure Bob was shocked when he got that phone call from you.
2: Like
5: you know, two things here. Uh number one, the conversation I had with Bob Siegel on the phone was actually somewhat cordial. Uh he I think to be fair, to be hundred percent fair, I do think he wanted to come on. And that was going to be great. We were going to have some things out there. At least that's what I was told. Uh, But his management said, no, no, we stand by our story, And blah, blah, blah. And the thing that bothers me the most, two things. Number one, like some of the criticism that we hear is, well, there's nobody that can back up Hammer and Nigel's claims. Yeah, you know why? Because the folks that we spoke to were currently, you know, boots on the ground at Camp Atterbury. If they would have said anything, they risked their careers. So, of course, they're not going to come on the record. And number two, all right, you reached out to our bosses. They didn't get back with you. Again, why not reach out to me? I am the easiest guy in the world to find. I'm on TV seven days a week. I'm on radio five days a week. I go to ball games. I go to concerts. I'm in the community. I'm on social media. Come at your boy. I'm easy to find unless you don't want to find me.
1: I mean, it completely discredits the entire thing almost that he never even tried to to get a hold of you or attempt to come on with us. Yeah, you know, it's totally easy it's what
5: went on with Channel 13. I would have been more than happy to go on there, but no, you know, I
1: didn't get that opportunity. And, and Brian, and here's the thing too, like we you never presented these things as fact. It was no. you were relaying stories from from people like here's what I'm hearing down there, this is what they're saying. I think we even relayed some stories that refuted that. And yes. And we never, it was never presented as fact, but we were smeared as fear-mongering and racists and everything else. And it looks like it was pretty chaotic down there, quite frankly. Yeah, well, $16 million worth of damage. We'll be right back. It's the Haber and Nigel Show. 57 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center on 93 WIBC.
6: The four days flew by. Oh, favorite Zach Brown
1: band. First song I ever heard by them. Toes in the sand. Uh, it's never too early to start talking about the uh, summer concert season. 2023. You got a pair of Zach Brown band tickets. August 6th, Ruoff Music Center. If you want to be caller 9 right now, 239-9393, you can go. Are you, Brian, I think we talked about this before. Are you a concert goer? Are you and your wife uh, frequent music lovers, live music?
2: Here's the thing. I love live music and I love music in general, Nige, but I was never a big concert goer. Every time that I managed to go go to one, I I love it. I have a great time and I'm glad that I went. I just, for whatever reason, like that was never something that I did on a regular basis. Now, of course, I regret it. There's so many great bands that I missed out on over the years.
1: My wife and I went to to the Tedeschi Trucks Band uh, in the summer downtown uh, White River, which was awesome. Derek Trucks, amazing. Amazing, um, uh, Susan Tedeschi is an amazing singer. Derek Trucks, amazing guitar player. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, the last I'm, one I've been I to,
2: last concert I went to was uh, Kenny G in concert with Michael Bolton. Boy, was that a <laughs> rip roaring good time! <laughs>
1: You're not. You're, are you being
2: I don't know if you're being I'm being, being 100% si- serious. I really did. And 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 I did, to Kenny G's credit, you know, because uh, there's not a whole lot you can do when you're blowing the sacks. He came out into the audience and was walking around right there. saw it out at Deer Creek. So, yeah, it might be time for me to uh, get to. to wow. My, uh, my game. My Michael concert game a little Bolton bit.
1: and Kenny G was the last concert. <laughs> but you, you forget they my, were huge at the time, man. My mind is blown right now. <laughs> Hey, in, uh, in fairness, I didn't buy yeah, the ticket myself. we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, real quick stat. Half of all Americans, according to this new survey, felt 51% hide out in their bathroom when they want some much-needed peace and quiet. <laughs> About 2,000 people took this survey. Uh, basically, the more people that are in the house, the more frequently it happens. Parents with kids uh-huh. still living in the house are three times as likely to seek refuge in the bathroom. Uh, Have you ever done this before, Brian?
2: Uh, well, I have escaped to the bathroom, but primarily I'm fortunate, man. Like my wife is so generous, she let me have my own room for my uh, my hi-fi set up my stereo. So I go in, I listen to my vinyl, and uh, you know I reset. That is my uh, okay. therapy. But my wife constantly is escaping to the bathroom. She goes in there with her glass of wine, has a bath, and I think that's, a, that's <laughs> the story for a lot of moms out there. It's like I just I love them. I just need to get away for a well, moment. my just, wife just
1: two seconds. My wife always accuses me of hiding in the bathroom. We have two kids, uh, one about to turn eleven. <laughs> another eight and she just and it's just because of how long i spend in there i mean i'm uh-huh. doing i'm doing business in the bathroom i'm not messing around i'm not trying to hide you're not,
2: I got, you're I got, not I got, to doing your business and tweeting
1: <laughs> no i might i might be tweeting sure yeah uh, i've been known to, to bring the laptop in there before and and uh <laughs> If I'm backed up and had a, you know, had, uh, trying to prepare for the show, but I, that that makes. T- and every time I had, did do try to think I get some privacy, especially when the kids are small, you see that little tiny hand reach under the crack of the door. Oh yeah, like uh-huh. uh, like they're trying to murder you or something like yeah. that. I mean, you can't even get any peace and quiet. <laughs> All right, uh, more coming up uh, after four o'clock. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show on ninety three WIBC.
0: Hammer and Nigel.
3: Can
1: you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's Brian Baker's filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. So the United States is going to start testing people coming into the country from China again. COVID-19 testing. Uh, they're going to ramp Ooh. those up. Uh, China... Has been going through draconian, oppressive lockdowns for years. The zero COVID policy over there, Brian, as you well know. They're trying to stamp it out, uh, but it just goes to show it didn't work. People were rioting in the streets, and so they opened the country back up. Nobody's caught COVID because of these ridiculous lockdown policies, and now everybody's Uh got it everybody's got it i mean you've seen uh, and and there's uh, a looks like a lot of death an older population an aging population in china nobody has an immune system anymore nobody uh, you know they can't reach herd immunity and it's it's a huge problem and so now so now not only are you know china has said they're resuming issuing passports passports for people for its people to go to the united states So they're gonna come here and get us sick all over again
2: yeah, well, you know, I have a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, uh, it's good to know that it is a, a universal challenge around the world that government officials are just geniuses when it comes to interpreting scientific and medical data and distributing that, that data to the American people or to their own uh, people uh, like in China. But on top of that, man, I am a little bit excited to know that we're going to be doing this testing here because I'm hoping, does this mean we're going to be getting some of those uh, butt-sniffing COVID dogs? <laughs> let me, I don't generally
1: fly uh, yeah, I But about I would buy that me story. a ticket and go out just to, Yeah I'd like to go out and see that man The dogs, the German Shepherds or whatever The security <laughs> dogs could actually Smell the COVID if they sniff your butt <laughs> Yeah they sniff, they had that Outside of like uh-huh. of, uh, where the Miami Heat Play I believe down in Florida That's like a real yeah. thing, you're not joking about that And the other oh, real no. thing that China did Was the uh, COVID anal swabs Yeah That's uh-huh. a very accurate <laughs> test to find out If you get the Rona Oh over man, there. how'd but, you
7: like? But but
2: just doesn't. You've, you've seen pe- people getting on planes though. How would you like to be the person that was charged with that duty? I mean, how many folks get on a plane without even showering? Oh my! <laughs> oh, I mean, I hope those people got counseling built into their. This just uh, shows their you. It, it really
1: deal. shows you how worthless uh, and wrong the lockdowns were here in the united states i mean china uh, did them I and they still couldn't keep it and now they have a, a just a, a just a gigantic problem on their hands because nobody was getting uh covet or at least they didn't reach herd immunity people were still getting it but no and, and now their hospitals are overwhelmed and yeah um uh, just a complete disaster and again they're gonna send they're 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 allowing these people to travel <laughs> again to the united states where it's you know they're gonna try to get uh, luckily i think we've reached a certain level of immunity here in the united states especially i mean say what you want with, about the vaccines whether they work or not but uh, i mean i've mm-hmm. probably hell how many times have you had covid uh, I've had it
2: twice, and I have been vaccinated, and I think I've had a total of three boosters. And I've learned a lot through this process of everyone being ridiculously over careful, Nige, particularly in the in the film industry, which will be the last industry to let this thing go. China will be all loose, and and the, the <laughs> filmmakers here will say, "Yeah, we're gonna protect everybody." I found out that, uh, you know, you got your PCR test and then your antigen tests or the and, and both of them nasal swabs, right? Well, the PCR tests are supposed to be more accurate. Yeah. However, if you've had COVID, and I learned this the hard way because it wound up costing me work, if you've had COVID, even if you're no longer contagious and you're completely over it, you can still test positive on a PCR for up to 30 to 60 to 90 days. Oh, that's ridiculous. And so, that's because they're so sensitive. So, yeah. Yeah, and so in that case, the antigen test is going to be more accurate. And I've, oh man, I've been swabbed so many times, and the hysteria <laughs> around this and the way that the government put people in utter fear really, I, to a large extent, was oh, one of the challenges that the hospitals were experiencing. They were being overwhelmed because you scared them to death to the point where you get the sniffles or you're just having allergies and they're rushing to the ER. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, In other news, Southwest uh, claims that they are going to be back to normal by tomorrow, but 60% of Southwest flights canceled today. This wasn't just a function of bad weather either it was um uh, it, i'm gonna play a clip here it's about five minutes long if you missed the entire thing you gotta go to wibc.com click on hammer and nigel listen to our entire conversation that we had yesterday with former commercial airline pilot mike hatton he had an idea a sense and a perspective of what is currently happening with southwest
7: what i'm seeing and the things that i'm hearing from their messaging which frankly southwest messaging has been very soft and that's very common for the airlines and they just think things like this will go away but this one not Uh, the main thing I'm hearing this is a technology problem they did not invest in technology when they merged and grew exponentially their systems can't keep up with it and that's uh, training systems that is booking systems reservation systems and it's the crews have not been able to communicate with scheduling Uh, they can't get a hold of crews they can't get pilots and flight attendants moved into position for other flights this is the worst I have ever seen and you guys know me you've had me on the show before yeah I usually try to walk a very fine line, balanced, uh, not criticize the airlines too hard, not criticize the employees or the unions, but this is one where Southwest has been woefully inadequate in their response to this, in my opinion, and I don't speak for any airlines or any employee group.
1: You know, Mike, it surprises me, though, because Southwest has been an airline that I've flown hundreds of times. And I've not, not necessarily experienced any problems. Maybe to reschedule here, or there, or maybe a delay, but but you're telling me this is all coming to a head now. Um, like, why haven't they had to deal with this problem necessarily this bad before? Why is it just coming? Why is it just po- poking its head out now?
7: It's been patchwork. Okay. Uh, the The weather hasn't been as bad. As it has this time, this has been you know a pretty significant weather event sure. around, and uh, they just aren't able to do this. Denver is hit really hard. Midway is hit really hard, which is what's affecting uh, you. I think you have a lot of flights out of Indianapolis that go to uh, go through Midway, and uh, some employees I have seen in Denver have been asked to submit. Six slips from doctors if they were sick. Now, this is, you know, they, they call it the tridemic, you know, the RSV, the COVID, the flu. Sure. And, uh, you know, the, the employees are stretched in, and uh, they have declared the emergency operation conditions there where they can require legally employees to submit a
1: sick slip like
7: you're in the third grade.
1: What is the recourse here? we speaking with the former commercial airline pilot, one of our buddies, Mike Hatton, here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Mike, what is... Wh- You know, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, has been on TV today talking tough, Biden administration talking tough. We're going to investigate this. But really, like, what are they going to be able to do realistically, do you think, when we're talking about uh, a government investigation?
7: Well, this is is an excellent question, and uh, it's been my experience that the government really likes to work with the airlines. They try to balance uh, regulatory enforcement along with economic growth too. They don't want to harm the airlines economically. And as long as you show that you're trying as an airline and you don't embarrass the government they will work with you, and they won't treat you too harshly. But when you embarrass the government, it's been my experience as as a manager when I was at the airline, they will come in, and they will hit you with a hammer, no pun intended, hit hit you very hard with that. And uh, I think that that can be done in this case and may be done and that can be in the form of heavy fines uh, they can reevaluate routes uh, they can look at applications for new routes and maybe look at those in a different light less favorable than they would have before all this happened there's a number of levers they can pull
6: and Mike I bet you can empathize with with this as uh, as, as a, a former pilot yourself or former commercial pilot um, and that is that I've seen some posts and and you know it's social media so you don't quite know what's authentic and what's not. But I've seen a bunch of different posts um, that are very similar in, in, in content, and they are essentially from primarily pilots, the one I've seen, uh, and, but some other crew members as well, that are saying, listen, we've been impacted by this, too. We are stuck in airports. We can't get flights. We can't get airplanes. Uh, and, 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 and when even walking through the airport in uniform, you know, they, they, they seem to get the hateful looks from people essentially saying, aha, these are the, the crews that don't want to work, or the crews that are in a, a labor disaster. Dispute or something, and we're paying the price as passengers. And what I've seen repeatedly in this instance, specifically with Southwest, is the crews and the pilots, in particular, are expressing as much frustration as the passengers, saying, "Look, we've been stranded places we don't want to be. Uh, we, we can't get hotel rooms. We got people sleeping in, in hotel lobbies in, 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 in cities where they don't live, and and and, it, and it's frustrating for them that they, to some degree, are getting blamed for it by passengers who may not have the full picture."
7: You're absolutely right. And by the way, thank you for mentioning that there are other other groups than the pilots because yeah. uh, they work just as hard and in many cases harder. If you think about it, the flight attendants are the first face that people see when they get on the airplane and the last face they see when they get off. They are the first and last chance for those passengers to have a good experience. And they are taking it hard uh, from a uh, passenger attitude standpoint on this pilots and flight attendants want to see people have a good flight even in times of labor turmoil there will always be labor turmoil and it will always get worked out but the one thing that we always wanted to do and i've been through it is make sure that passengers had a good experience because we tell people we tell our people we're training at the airlines there's always somebody in the back of that airplane that it's their first time they've ever flown they're going to a funeral they're going to a wedding they're going to see a, a relative that they may never see again, who's ill, and um, we want those people to have as good an experience as they can.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is is this anything on Brian Baker you have the pleasure and the honor of participating in the last is this anything of 2022 i have collected some of my favorite is this anything stories over the past year I'm going to hit them with you and they're going to tell me if they're anything or not this one is I mean I know you're a guy that worked in um, them as a server for a long time I'm curious as to what you think this is one of my favorite stories the Olive Garden manager (laughs) in Kansas got fired after sending employees a crazy email about sick days. It said she'd no longer be tolerating any excuses for calling off. If anyone tried to call out sick more than once this month, they'd be fired. And, quote, if you're sick, you need to come prove it to us. If your dog died, you need to bring him in and prove it to us. I got to tell you, I have a problem with this. I like the boss laying a hammer down. Olive Garden fired this manager. I think they were wrong. Tell me what you think about that.
2: You know, I got mixed feelings about this, Nige, because uh, I, and I think I've shared this story before. When I first got out to uh, California and I had an internship at CBS, and one of the things that they told me at the beginning was, listen, we don't care if your dog died, your mom died, your, your wife left you, you got diagnosed with cancer and your car was stolen. If you're 15 minutes late, if you're five minutes late, you're fired. Jeez. Now, <laughs> let me tell you something. I didn't ever show up late. I was always there regardless of what was happening in traffic. That said, that was CBS. That was a good gig. That was a good internship. Now, I I love and cherish Olive Garden and their commitment to demonstrating Italian Hospitaliano (laughs) and their quality food at affordable prices. But that ain't exactly a dream gig that's going to help you pay off your student loan debts. You know, it's a survival job. So, Thinking uh, about the fact that there's a shortage in uh, the labor market and they're having trouble uh, filling these positions, I think maybe uh, the uh, corporation made the right decision in letting her go. I Clearly a, a gal who just had enough and was having some trouble emotionally regulating. <laughs> maybe
1: maybe they went overboard a little bit, but I think it still speaks to the problem of it's hard to find good help right now. Oh, absolutely. When people are calling off it. you got to be a hard ass about it. And I, I think yeah. – um, Yeah, okay, I agree. That maybe went over the line with, yeah, if your dog dies, you got to bring it in. (laughs) But I uh, like her. I like her. I wouldn't mind
2: having a beer with her. She's my kind of gal. Has a a good old-fashioned temper tantrum.
1: Okay, this is another one uh, from earlier this month that I thought was hilarious. Uh, It's a holiday tradition that someone somewhere will get stuck under a Christmas tree. Here's a... (laughs) There's a woman in Wales was stringing up lights in her living room when the tree fell on top of her. Her daughters heard her calling out and screaming. Here's what happened when they came into the room.
3: Hey! Mom, yes, me. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God. <laughs> no, my God.
1: Don't. Brian, I was immediately struck by the fact that they hear their mom <sighs> screaming for help in the other room, and they immediately. Fired up their phones. Their first instinct was to grab their phones and start videotaping for TikTok. Is this anything?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, this this (laughs) makes me. That audio makes me sick. Um, uh, I mean, she's okay. She was oh, yeah, okay. man. But I mean, it, it sounded to me like she was in distress in that moment. And it, it does. It kind of shows how the smartphone is eating away at our humanity. I saw an image on Twitter the other day of uh, it was a like a, you know, a Photoshop thing. It was the Titanic going down. And then all the people that were in the water and in the lifeboats had their smartphones out capturing the moment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something, man. I, 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 I'm glad to say, I mean, have you ever had any uh, major catastrophes in your household when it came uh, to holiday decorations? You ever fall off the roof or anything putting up lights no
1: no we we cheated this year we paid a guy to put uh, some basic lights on our roof that's the first time we've ever done anything (laughs) like that so (laughs) no no injuries here at all Uh, um let's skip sam let's go to this one about the southwest flight for our last one here listen to this southwest flight attendant speaking of southwest all the problems they've been having this yeah. is a Southwest flight attendant singing a full throttle version of "I Will Always Love You" at 6 a.m. on a flight. No. No. The person who filmed it posted a a, a bunch of the performance. This kind of gives you a good idea how loud she was at six in the morning.
3: Oh. oh.
1: I mean, okay, so is that what you want to hear as a passenger on an airplane? It's first thing in the morning at 6 o'clock.
2: No, because first and foremost, uh, I love Dolly Parton's rendition. But ever since Whitney Houston recorded her version, I hated that song with a passion, man. It's one of the worst songs ever. And no, I don't want to hear it. And you know, you know that this woman—this is not the first time that she's pulled this off. This is probably like her shtick. She does it all the time. And you know, her coworkers hate her guts.
1: (laughs) I just—I don't want. You know, just it's six o'clock. I don't want that at six o'clock at night. I mean, uh, I know no, the I don't s- want, Southwest. I don't the, want to show the, the the airline attendants have, have a tendency to put on kind of a show, and it's cute sometimes. But that right there is a little much, especially uh, for six o'clock in the morning. Okay, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show, ninety-three WIBC. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Oh, man, Brian, I think it's so funny that in the midst of, of high inflation, one of the worst weather cyclone bombs we've ever seen in the United States, especially New York, we've got a porous open border. The president is uh, living in the life of luxury right now. Uh, and <laughs> the, 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 the Virgin Islands, I'm sorry, St. Croix, I believe, yeah, is where he is... Uh, let the Island of Saint right Croix, yeah. yeah, and and I do. I'm I'm old enough to remember when. <clears throat> uh, what's his face, uh, the senator from Texas, Lion um, Lion Ted, um, <laughs> um, uh. when, when Ted Cruz got in trouble for going to uh, Cancun in, in the middle of uh, bad weather in Texas, but uh, Joe Biden, eh, you <laughs> know, he's 80 years old. He takes his naps at 4:30. Or I'm sorry, he takes his lunch at 4.30.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't find it funny at all. As a matter of fact, I find it rather insulting, and it aggravates me as much as you know. When Donald Trump was in office, and he was constantly out playing golf, you know, I understand. I mean, presidents they, they can't just be focused on the job twenty four seven. There has to be a little bit of leisure. But it, it says something when you're out there on the links, or you're down on a a nice island, and there are people that are in your country, the country that you know you're in charge of. You're the the, the global leader here, and they're suffering. It just, you know, it it really, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and say what you want about George W. Bush. I mean, the man was not a great president, but one thing that he did is when we were at war, that was the point where he stopped getting out and playing golf because he felt like, you know what, this does not send the right message if I'm out here on the links while we've got men and women that are going and dying in this war. So, uh, you know, I I just, I don't like this at all. I don't want him out riding a bike uh, and for his you know safety reasons as well. (laughs) I I don't want Biden out on a bike. I don't want him on a step. Ladder, yeah i just want the man to uh be dignified and serious and give us a general sense that he's uh on the case and doing the job even if he's completely he's not incoherent on the case
1: he's the not, he's not on the case it. he's they don't have a plan for the border he doesn't have a plan for when uh, when i mean he wants title 42 to end they don't they don't have a plan and that's the plan he doesn't have a plan uh, for infl- i think one of the biggest lies maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong here but the, the, the you know janet yellen uh the treasury secretary uh Inflation's transitory. Was, yeah, that well, a, was, that, was that a lie, or, or would she just not know her butt from a hole in the ground when she said that? Not only was it, was it a lie, Nige, but she knew better. I mean, that's the
2: thing that I find most disgusting about this. This woman was the head of the Federal Reserve. I knew, and I'm not even that bright— <laughs> I knew when they shut down the economy and the first round of, of stimulus checks came came along, I mean, my folks were down here. I was scared, man, because I realized this was a necessary measure, but I also realized what it meant. It was essentially what they referred to as helicopter money. We're just going to print our way out of this problem and take the pain on the inflation side instead of the deflation side. So I knew what was coming. She knew what was coming. They knew better than this. I mean, This was not uh, something where we were just uh, playing, uh, playing jazz here and, and they'd never been through this scenario before, they've played this stuff out a million times, they were trying to Provide cover for the uh, for the administration. Yeah. But on top of that, we had this article that came out about how you know inflation's taken a, a big bite out of middle income households. But they also talk about how purchasing power for uh, the middle class that dropped while rising for those at the bottom at the top. I can't exactly explain what's going on at the top, but I can tell you at the bottom, when you obliterate the economy, you have rampant inflation, and now all of a sudden you got people that are at the uh, the low end of the wage. At, Listen, man, if they can't afford to live and they're doing 40 hours a week and, and what they're getting paid isn't covering uh, their needs, they're not coming into work. They're just saying, screw it. They're walking away from these jobs. And so employers have to then raise wages in order to get people back in there and have some bodies to actually fill these positions. So, you know, this is not some kind of a big win. The fact that folks that were on the low end of the wage scale got a boost. It was a necessity that was caused by the incompetence of the administration. the same administration that feeds us that Crap line about, oh, we're going to rebuild the economy from the, the bottom up and the middle out. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> the it middle means out. nothing. Yeah, say what you want about trickle-down economics. At least there's an explanation of what that means. This is just political rhetoric bullcrap that's coming out of the administration, <laughs> and it makes me sick. They know nothing about this, and they've got officials out today they are talking about how, oh, yeah, 2023. Fret not, American people, because the people who told you that uh, inf- inflation was going to be transitory, yeah. we see positive signs in the economy all is well. It's not going to be super great, but it's not going to be bad. Shut up! You know, every time you guys come out and tell me it's going to be okay, that's when I start to panic. Tell me it's going to be crap, because you're always on the wrong side of the issue. Tell me we're set for devastation. Maybe things will turn around. Off the rails
1: with Brian Baker! (laughs) I love it. No, man, I love it. I love the passion. We are going off the rails with Rob Kendall in about an hour from now, just so everybody knows. Um, Something else about Joe biden have you seen this have you seen the expert uh, excerpts from this new book that's out about joe biden it's called the fight of his life inside (laughs) joe biden's white house and basically one of the two things i took away from what i was reading was biden doesn't trust his secret service and he also said an agent lied about the dog bite remember the dog bite (laughs) president biden he he said an agent lied about being bitten on the leg last year by uh, the then first dog major according to this new book despite you know internal emails indicating the german shepherd bit agents 8 days in a row uh-huh. and then and then and then also this book talks about how the president suspected that maga sympathizers were embedded in the secret service And the agency is, quote, full of white ex-cops from the South who tend to be deeply conservative, the book says.
2: Yeah, think about how conspiratorial he is and how paranoid he is. I think that further goes to underscore uh, the suggestion that he might be having some mental issues and possibly experiencing the early symptoms of dementia, although it seems like the, we ain't just in the early stages anymore. But I got a theory on these dog bites here with Major. I think Major was trying to get himself booted out and get fired. He wanted to get as far away from that guy as possible. He didn't want to be associated with
1: this nightmare administration. Uh, but how many I was-
2: times do I got to drag my butt on the rug here in the Oval Office to get out of Come
1: on! I hate it when dogs do that. Why do dogs <laughs> drag their butt like that? What do they do? I saw my, my uh, in-laws dogs. Sometimes dog. it's because,
2: yeah, they're trying Just to gonna... express their anal sex quite often. What? I know that because we got ourselves a real Sacks? butt dragger in our household. Yeah, their anal sex. You know, they, you got to get, Sa- their, you're gotta get their juice out. Okay. Yes.
1: Oh, that's gross. Okay. No, not anal sex. <laughs> I I, uh, I I hey I like getting your opinion. I like talking about movies with you because you work in the industry. You're a stunt driver. Uh, you live in Georgia, which is um, you know a thriving uh, new Hollywood. You know, you know, yeah, it's it's a thriving industry down there. I want to see what you thought about this. Uh, were you the one that sent me this about Courtney Love? Since she was almost oh, yeah. in Fight Club, Courtney uh-huh. Love. I think she was on um, the WTF podcast. Mark Marin said she was officially cast to play Marla in the movie Fight Club with Brad Pitt. And Helen and Bottom Carter ended up playing that role. I couldn't imagine anybody else in that role, Uh, even Courtney Love, for that matter. So uh, she claimed that she was fired from the movie after she, quote, went nuclear on Brad Pitt and the director when they approached her about uh, the same time, uh, about a project based on her late husband, Kurt Cobain. And, you know, she shut that whole idea down freaked out on him for whatever reason and so she got fired immediately from the set and that's when they brought in Helena a bottom carter
2: so what you're uh so what we've learned from this article is that uh, courtney love is saying listen i can play uh i p- behaved like a complete irrational child and was uh, totally unprofessional and somehow or another those guys that i was tearing into didn't want to work <laughs> with me
1: go figure i gotta listen to the rest of this podcast Oh, real quick. <laughs> Hold on. speaking of speaking of Brad Pitt, I, I'm reading this thing on radar online about how Tom Cruise uh is blaming his Golden Globes snub on Brad Pitt. So Tom huh? Cruise didn't get nominated for any Golden Globes for uh Tom uh, Top Gun Maverick. I think the movie itself got a nomination for the Golden Globes, but yeah. Tom Cruise didn't get any nominations himself and is blaming Brad Pitt. For for one, if you remember back in 2021, Tom Cruise. Remember when he returned Mm -hmm. his three Golden Globe trophies he got for Born on Fourth of July and Jerry Maguire and Magnolia because he was protesting the lack of diversity in the organization. Uh You can hear me rolling (laughs) my eyes, virtue signal. So that probably Uh didn't make things easy on him. So so now you're you're telling me he wants the Golden Globe now? He didn't want it then, but now. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, a year later, they're magically diverse. But sources say, here, listen to this. Sources uh, say that Tom is blaming his longtime Brad rival Brad Pitt, who's nominated this year for Babylon. Um, quote, it stinks that Brad once again seems to have milked his relationship with the foreign journalists at the Golden Globes to get his own movie, which many oh, Tom, consider inferior up. to Top Gun a ton of nods. As far as Tom's concerned, the snub is all Brad's fault.
7: I love love this crap, man.
2: I
1: love it. Oh, yeah. Two of my favorite actors.
2: Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing, man, like Brad Pitt is a movie star, but he's also an actor. I mean, he is a real actor. He has done incredible work. Tom Cruise is a movie star. He did some good stuff in Jerry Maguire. He's had a couple of good films, but ultimately the guy's a movie star. He's an action star. It's why he no longer does any of these pieces where he really has to stretch as a thespian because nobody went to see him because they sucked. Maverick, (laughs) awesome movie. All right. And the man is an amazing movie star, but Brad Pitt is the better actor between the two. And I just love that you can be the most powerful man in hollywood and still be just so embittered over the fact that you didn't get the golden globe nom
1: <laughs> better tom cruise I, I i'm still maintained that a few good men is tom cruise's best movie i love <laughs> oh. love love i mean beside beside, i mean it, that and maverick are both right up there for me uh but man i love a few good men with him and demi Moore. that's so good <laughs>
2: excellent film yeah that and rain man that was another good one rain man. man
1: all right good one we can go off on a tangent here of tom cruise's best work all right we'll be right back oh i've got um stick around i've got zach brown band tickets to give away next
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: 57 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center, 93 WIBC.
3: My name is Nigel.
1: Brian Baker filling in for Hammer. Let's give away another pair of Zach Brown Band tickets. Uh, yeah. Zach Brown Band, uh, not coming here till August of 2023, August 6th, Ruoff Music Center. We got tickets right now, though, if you're a caller 9, 9393 You sent me this story. I thought it was from The Onion at first about Bill Cosby <laughs> returning to the comedy stage he it was he was doing some radio interview a couple days ago (laughs) i think it was yesterday um Uh, and when the the host asked what did he say he said in a radio interview cosby answered uh, yes when asked if 2023 is the year he finally might be able to tour again He's going
2: to go. He's hitting all the comedy clubs and, hey, ladies, come on out. Free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was important. Is anybody I'm
1: lining up to, to watch Bill Cosby? Like, no, he's but- he's 85. He was convicted of a criminal sex assault charge. Now, it was overturned by the state Supreme Court, but I don't think there's any doubt. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any doubt I mean, that the guy was guilty. I think and, they're
2: going to have a hard time getting him any bookings at comedy clubs. <laughs> I don't see him showing up at crackers. Yeah,
1: neither do I. <laughs> I you know um, what movie I watched during the pandemic that I hadn't seen in a long time? And I, I just I, sp- specifically remember um, f- watching Dad? it as – not, No, not Ghost Dad. <laughs> I, I'm curious to see if you even know this one. I think it was a Disney movie called The Devil and Max Devlin
2: no man Uh, i've never even heard of that with
1: elliot gould and bill cosby and uh he elliot gould i think it's is that his name elliot gould the the, the guy dies and uh goes to hell and uh, bill cosby's (laughs) the devil and he says Mm -hmm. he'll let him out of hell if he he goes back on earth and brings me three souls and like uh, the soul is like a little kid and a mom and somebody else
2: you don't remember the devil and max devlin Never saw that one, man. But I got to tell you, this, when he, uh, when all the news came out and broke about Bill Cosby, I, that was, that had to be the biggest stunner for me. I mean, I know there's some real dirtbags in entertainment. I've had my encounters with some of them and gone, oh, man, never meet your heroes. But Bill Cosby, I mean, he was always harping on Eddie Murphy and, uh, you know, family values and all that. I remember the guy who bought my house worked at NBC. And he actually did work on The Cosby Show. And he told me this outrageous story about how when uh, uh, Cosby was at the height of his fame and The Cosby Show was saving NBC, that Cosby actually had sex with some woman on the set and made the crew watch. And when he told me that story, I thought, you are – I went, okay, yeah. I, I mean, no way that was true, right? And then all the news broke about Cosby, and I thought my golly I mean maybe because these stories were so outrageous hey I mean maybe that did happen
1: you know Bill Cosby I mean the the first stand-up I ever remember watching as a kid or, or understanding yes. what stand-up comedy was was Bill Cosby himself yeah that is great game is talking cake yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a great special, and now I, I can't watch it. I feel dirty. I feel like you know. I I don't know. It just it's not right.
1: All right. Uh, coming up after five o'clock, um, we're gonna replay a segment that you and I did probably at least two years ago. And I had oh, a, yeah. I had somebody ask me about this the other day. Remember when you and I, uh, like, uh, <laughs> but, we're, we're, we had the contest where we were naming off each a uh, uh, prescriptions. How many prescriptions? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that we contest. take who's
2: taking more prescriptions yeah who, that's, that's
1: right who's <laughs> taking more prescriptions me or you we had to name him you had to guess what my prescription was <laughs> that ended up being a really cool segment because it actually got kind of serious at the end yeah. and uh so we'll do that after five o'clock you're listening to the hammer and nigel show it's 93 wibc
0: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe
3: these characters
0: are weirdos?
1: On 93 WIBC. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. I hope everybody's having an awesome holiday. Brian Baker's filling in for Hammer. Uh, My name is Nigel. The um, the Biden administration, this video kind of just surfaced from a few months ago, but uh, a complete shocker, somebody from the Biden administration advocating for tech censorship, (laughs) So, you know who Rachel Levine is, right? This is a man who identifies as a woman and is is Biden's uh, Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary.
6: Um, Yeah, not
1: a calendar model. Yeah, no, 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 no. She's, yeah, she, he, uh, I I forget. I guess you got to call her, you got to say she? It's a she she now, yeah. Um, So, yeah, she, she called out tech corporations to censor, quote unquote, misinformation about child sex changes and this is from she was addressing the state medical board in new orleans in may here's part of that audio
5: there is substantial misinformation about gender affirming care for transgender and gender diverse individuals we are in this nation facing an onslaught of anti-lgbtqi plus actions at the state levels across the united states and they are dangerous to the public health The positive value of gender-affirming care for youth and adults is not in scientific or medical dispute. And we need to use our clinician's voice to collectively advocate for our tech companies to create a healthier, cleaner information environment.
1: So it's all settled science. It's not in dispute. You can't question it. And uh, this person is, uh, again, a big shocker. Somebody from the Biden administration asking big tech to censor uh, d- diverse thought, censored um, uh, debate, especially when it comes yeah. to gender mutilation of uh, children.
2: Yeah. You know, and uh, Nigel, I like to, I mean, joke around and and make wisecracks about the the incompetence in the Biden administration. But this really does go to show you just how sick and evil some of the people are that are at the top of the food chain and how they're pushing their own agenda. And, you know, we always talk about, I mean, how many times have Republicans, people like Mike Pence, had it thrown in their face that, uh, well, you know, he's he's a Christian. Please. uh, Oh, yeah. You know, and yet somehow, you know, that is going to be just disastrous for America. But it's okay for these folks to say, no, we're going to put our ideology ahead of what's really best for the development of our children. This is frightening to me. And it's, you know, they're really th- this idea that we're somehow, uh, this is just this this huge amount of, uh, of pushback and uh, boy, misinformation about the, the LGBTQ community. No, there's not because the fact is that the majority of people out there, listen, do whatever you want with your body and uh, sleep with whoever you want and that's fine. Where they cross the line is when they started pushing ideology and made it a political movement and started going after kids. That right there is sacred territory and they've decided that they're gonna infiltrate that. So you're damn right we're gonna push back.
1: And and it's starting to happen, you saw this. Did you hear about the, the drag queen Christmas show? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's touring the country. Uh, the, Ron DeSantis is now investigating this thing for exposing kids to sexually explicit themes. It's billed as an all ages show. Uh, the Christmas drag show is held uh, this week in, I think, in uh, somewhere in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The vi- there was a video at the event records several young kids were at this thing. I mean, basically, a show that tours across the country, open for all ages. The show features exposed genitals, simulated sex acts, oversized uh-huh. fake breasts, and parents are bringing kids to this thing. And I, look, it's one thing. I I don't know what it is with the with the drag queen community and kids and you know story time at library, public libraries. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know what it is. It's something some very weird thing. But but elected officials are now promoting this show. Democrat mayor in Knoxville bragged on Facebook that she attended a drag queen Christmas. "Quote: So glad to be at a drag queen Christmas. So many merry Knoxville folks." Video of this show in Austin shows a drag queen uh, at this this very same show again touring across the country, talking to a nine year old and praising a mom for bringing her kid and saying, "Quote: Hello, are you reaching for my boobies?" And she didn't say oh, boobies; God. she uses the T word. The uh, quote: "Are you hungry?" um in there and of course they're simulated sex acts with reindeer costumes and so this show is under investigation in several different uh, states including Florida Ron DeSantis is like yeah you can't build this as an all-ages show parents it'd be the equivalent of bringing your kid to a strip club I don't know what the fetish is with 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 drag like dude I've been to drag shows I've been, I was, I was, I, I, yeah, of course, like in the early 2000s, I was, uh, I was hanging out with, um, uh, you know, my hairstylist, one of her, one of her friends, and and they had the company Christmas party at, uh, Mm -hmm. at, uh, downtown. I thought it was hilarious. It looked awesome. It was, it was fun, but I'm not, you don't bring your kids to that stuff. I don't get it. And the parents are just as, as much to blame as, as the people putting on these events that are billing them as all ages shows.
2: More so because they have the final say. And look, man. I mean, I look. I love the movie The Birdcage. I love Smokey and the Bandit. My daughter's six. You think I've shown her that movie? No, man. <laughs> Listen, there's stuff that is not age appropriate. These
1: parents, really, man, they're sick. You say you love The Birdcage. I love that movie. Is that with, with the, uh, Robin Lee? Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh all right uh look let's i want to leave plenty of time for uh the next segment because um it's one of my favorites that we've done before (laughs) we're going to replay this uh where you and i compare uh prescriptions that we are currently taking and we'll do that right after a look at traffic with matt bear You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Brian, I had a request. Brian Baker's still in it for Hammer. Uh, I had a request uh, to replay this uh, thing we did almost, I think it was two <laughs> years ago, but it ended up yeah. bit, like taking kind of a serious turn. It was sort of a joke in the beginning, but it, it, it ended up kind of going somewhere we didn't expect it. So let's um, replay this, and I think... You know, I don't even think it needs much setting up. I think basically uh, you and I compare the prescriptions that we're taking. We make each other guess. And uh, this is from a couple of years ago. Uh, let's play a little game, shall we? Oh, shall Should we yes. play a little game? Please do. I want to see. Let's see who takes more prescription medications on a regular basis. <laughs> you or I I, I.
2: I got my maracas right here, baby.
1: <laughs> here's Here's what we'll do. I'll read you the generic clinical name of a med that I take on the reg. Okay. You tell me what it's for. Oh, okay. Now now
2: I do have a question though when we're comparing here. Yes. Uh are we counting over the the counter medications as well?
1: Um over a prescription. I'm saying prescription. But All if right. you have something you want to
2: throw in there, it's well, fine. I, I have Meniere's disease, but the only thing you can take for that is antihistamine. So.
1: Oh, okay. So, so, so I will, I'll read you the generic name for a med I take. You tell me what it's for. Then you tell me the name of a medicine you take, and I'll guess what it's for. And the okay. radio personality that takes the most prescribed medications on the regular wins. <laughs> All right. You want me to start? Please do. Simvastatin. Oh, man. Do you know what that's for? Well, E.D.?
3: <laughs>
7: no, jerk, it's
1: cholesterol.
7: Oh, all right, all right. Okay. I don't see it. I just.
1: <laughs> okay, now, would, would you like to... It's your turn. Okay. Welbutrin. Oh, I know what that... Oh, uh, Welbutrin. I'll talk on it. Is that... For... Anxiety. Well, closest for depression. Okay. Well, butrin. All right. See, that's that's a huge. Uh, do you have a problem talking about taking depression medication over the years?
2: No. In fact, you know, uh, uh, the other day, you know, we were talking about the masks. Yeah. When I go to Target, and they, and they try and be real quiet about it when the, when the kids and they have the masks on, I can't understand it. So finally, last last time I picked up, I just said, "Hey, everybody, I suffer from depression and take meds. Now, can you tell me what I'm picking up,
1: lady?" <laughs> okay. So, so we we're one to one so far. All right. All right. Here's my next one. This is a medication I take on a regular basis daily. Okay. Lisinopril. Do you know what that is? Is that the one for ED? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to guess all these damn ones are ED, don't I? No, lisinopril no, uh, is blood pressure. Blood pressure.
2: Okay. Blood right, pressure so medication. The
1: cholesterol. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. You hit me with all one. All right. Lexapro. Oh, is that depression again? Yes. Jeez, are very you very good? How, how do you? How many depression medications do you take? <laughs> I, I'm just. Uh,
2: I'm kind of like the, uh, the the testing candidate for all this stuff. Can
1: I tell you something? I've I've been prescribed depression medication before uh, a couple years ago, and a, a couple different types, and I don't take it anymore, and mostly because it tears up my stomach, like I can't yeah. stay off the toilet. <laughs> like it's really, really, it, it's been a couple of years now, but um, I had a conversation with my doctor. He's like, "All right, well, you know, you can, let's take a test here. We'll prescribe you some." And I, I it lasted for maybe three days, and I, I, it hurt my stomach so bad that that uh, I just stopped.
2: That's interesting. I've never heard of that as a side effect. But, you know, I also, uh, I I take regular doses, uh, especially in the last week or so, of Pepto-Bismol. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I to my favorite restaurant. Yeah, Pepto, uh, just give it to me up in a snifter, please.
1: All right, my turn. All right. The generic, uh, the medication I take, acyclovir. Acyclovir a like,
2: All right, so we've got the blood pressure cholesterol uh <laughs> is that one depression?
1: No. Cold sores. What? <laughs> it's Valtrex. <laughs> it's for uh, it, it's for fever blisters. I didn't know that that they they had anything for that. Well, they I have, have it it's for it's for yeah, genital it's for it's for herpes. It's for, it's, but that's that's what you get on your, I've had fever blisters since I was a kid. It's cold sores. I had no just idea. Just awful, aw, just when I was a kid growing up, it was the worst whenever I get a cold sore. Just a big cheeseburger looking sore on my lip. And I, <laughs> it's just so embarrassing when I was a kid. So later when I started to get older, they, I figured out they had this, this medication and. I go through the, a lot of theatrics when I'm at the pharmacy when I have to order a Cyclovir because I don't I don't want the think I don't want the hot pharmacist behind the counter to think right. it's for genital. <laughs> I'm like you know so I'll go through all these steps I'm like is there anything cheaper than a Cyclovir? because I get a cold sore every once in a while when I'm out in the sun and and uh, and I ask them all these questions every time just to let them know that it's not for my genitals.
2: <laughs> yes, and they kind of wink at you and go yes sure so. <laughs> All right, we we remember you at X one hundred and three.
1: Okay, so we have. Uh, are you done? Do you have more that you? No, can... I, I I got more, baby. Okay, all right. Uh,
2: lorazepam. Uh, say it again. Lorazepam. Well, it starts it's with... a, a gen- g- generic. It's uh, uh, Zyprexa or not Zyprexa? Uh, Xanax.
1: Oh, al Alprazolam. Oh, yes, is Xanax, is anxiety So I yeah, think we take, because yeah. that was my next one Yeah, uh, panic attacks actually That was my next one that I take uh, At the beginning of this year When the pandemic was first going on I went to my doctor, I was like oh man I, Something's going on, something's wrong He's like don't worry, you're having a pan attack, panic attack So I, I started taking like a .5 One of those little things Uh huh. And it, oh. it made a lot of difference It was like a really low dough
2: Yeah yeah, and you wake up feeling like a million bucks. The problem is you, uh, you know, you only want to take it when you're having a panic attack. If you, you know, because once you start getting used to it, it's mm-hmm. really tough to get off
7: some of these.
1: All right, final one for me. I don't know how many more you have left, <laughs> but uh, here's the final one on the regular. Uh, Zolpidem tartrate is okay. Now I got to ask: Is that a generic? Yes. Yeah, these are generic names. Well,
2: okay, you know, because the <laughs> brand name is what they what they advertise. You know, that was an unfair advantage. Uh, uh, I, uh, let's see, weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's Ambien. Dive- it's Ambien. It's Ambien. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So well, that's got- so that's it. I'm out. I'm done. Uh, got so I've one got here. one, two, three, four, five. I've got five all together. I don't know if our Xanax cancel each other out or not, though.
2: I don't know, but uh, I got another one here. Seroquel.
1: Seroquel. I, I Man, I have no idea. I couldn't even begin to imagine. Yeah, Bo- it's a... B- body odor. <laughs> Controls <laughs> your body odor? Like, bad sweating or anything? Uh, it,
2: uh, it it actually is um, uh, for uh, insomnia, but uh, also for uh, depression. Sometimes they give it to people that are bipolar. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Seroquel. Uh huh. Any more? Uh, no. I mean, I. I Ed I have to medication. Take antihistamine. <laughs> I think we. I think we. I think we're even. I don't know. Are you we? might, because the Xanax. I don't know. I think we're even. Now I take vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc on the on a regular basis every day.
2: Okay. Yeah, I have to take a B complex because I've got uh, arthritis in the neck. So, so I, I think we're tied. We are. All we're right.
1: tied. The radio personality that takes the most prescribed medications on a regular basis is Brian Baker and uh, <laughs> Nigel from the Hammer Nigel show. That was interesting. Wow. It's brave. I think it's brave, if, especially you talking about uh, depression. I mean, I had Hammer uh, ask me one time, we were talking about this, and Hammer's like, what, what, what do you have to be depressed about? I go, look, just because, you, have, uh, you know, that's not the point, is what do I have to be depressed about? Depression doesn't know if you're successful or they don't know if you're homeless. You know what I mean? That, that disease no, does not n- differentiate.
2: No, and it, it's terrible there's still a stigma around that because it, it has helped me tremendously Good. saved my life. Yeah, and wow. um, my family definitely likes me better when I'm on it. And <laughs> th- th- there's nothing to be ashamed about. Look, you know, if you, like you, cholesterol. You yes. know, you got cholesterol problems, so, so you take it. You know, it's not always related to your circumstances. I, I,
1: I will say that I eventually – I, you know, I talked to my doctor. He's like, well, you know, cholesterol – heart disease does not run on my family, but cholesterol, high cholesterol does. He's like, man, you'll probably be on that for, for- – as long as you can for the rest of your life i'm like man i don't want to be on a statin for the rest of my life so Eventually, yeah. I'd like to probably uh, stop drinking so much.
2: <laughs> stop. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do the alcohol with the Xanax.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. But trust me, I don't mix meds at mm-hmm. all like that. But um, but, 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 yeah, man, I, I appreciate you being open and honest. I thought this was just going to be a kind of fun, lighthearted uh, game. And you, you're on, let's see, I count three uh, depression medications and Xanax. Yeah, is, well, uh,
2: listen, you know, I mean, that's if impressive. you're suffering- if you're suffering, people go to a doctor. Yes, you know, I mean, it, it's obviously. nothing to be ashamed about. And, um, you know, it, it really it, it has changed my life, saved my life. OK, a little replay
1: uh, from I think it was almost from two years ago. Uh, Brian Baker and I going back and forth with our prescription meds coming up next, going off the rails with Rob Kendall right after look at the news.
3: get up right now and go to the window open it and
0: stick your head out and yell i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore
1: and now Cameron and nigel go off the rails with rob kendall on 93 wibc yeah rob kendall's on vacation kind enough to uh get on a horn here and go off the rails rob how are you
0: Great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, I don't know how your vacation's going, but uh, uh, Joe Biden's vacation looks awesome. Virgin Islands, St. Croix, <laughs> in the middle of a giant snowstorm, open border, and uh, in a, a crisis with the airlines. And Joe Biden takes off to uh, the Virgin Islands. I'm old enough to remember when Ted Cruz did the same thing last year. Remember when he went to Cancun? And uh, he was vilified, raked over the coals because of all the bad weather in Texas.
0: Well, isn't it interesting, whether it's the Santos guy or the thing, as you mentioned, with Biden and and Ted Cruz, whenever it's a Republican, they will dig dig and dig and dig and dig. And the Santos guy is a total loser. But why is the Santos guy any different than Elizabeth Warren or Ilhan Omar or countless other Democrats when there's absolutely nothing that ever gets done about it. And you would act, they act like the Santos guy was the, the dude on the grassy knoll at this
1: point. So, to Talk about Santos for a second. This is a guy that's, uh, you know, representing now like 700,000 people in his district in New York, but was he's just kind of a liar. He's a Republican that got elected, but, you know, his resume's, you know, bunk, right?
0: Well, and you may remember in the hit uh, uh, '80s film *Ernest Saves Christmas*, in which they don't believe that uh, Santa Claus is Santa Claus; they keep calling him Mr. Santos. And so every time I, uh, every time I hear the name Santos, I think of the uh, the hit uh, I believe uh, the hit film *Ernest Saves Christmas*.
1: Yeah, well, so so why so how did he win? Why didn't Democrats beat this guy? I mean, it, well, when what, what was any of it happen
0: at this point, I mean,
1: I, I so here's the thing. I, I, none of it matters. These people are all, for the most part,
0: just wholly ridiculous. I mean, I saw a thing yesterday and I put this up at Robin Kendall on Twitter in which Victoria Sparks is using taxpayer money to run ads on Facebook, not as her campaign, but as a as a U.S. representative. And the ad literally said should we defend the second amendment Nigel <laughs> a u.s representative is using taxpayer money to run ads on facebook asking should we defend the second amendment I a day later it's a totally different ad so <laughs> th- 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 these people are all ridiculous i just despise almost every single one of them and they're all hypocritical
1: they, they really are i mean how does maxine waters end up in a four million dollar house living outside her district how does nancy pelosi uh, you know, have, have a nine-figure income working as a, a longtime person in Congress. It's, it's completely transparent. They're all corrupt. And I, you do a better job than a lot of people is seeing right through it.
0: Well, but the, but the problem is it's a, they are bipartisan offenders, right? Yes, the Santos yes. guy is a pathological liar and should be kicked out of Congress. But so should Chief Lyon Warren. So, so should Ilhan Omar. I mean, all of these people lie, they deceive, they manipulate. And yet when it's a Democrat like Elizabeth Warren, who literally lied about her Native American heritage, which escalated her to the United States Senate, yes. and on top of that, for decades Got jobs, got bonuses, got pay, got all sorts of things she wasn't entitled to. Not a word about that, but when it's a Republican,
1: well, he's got to go. I mean, Joe Biden's been lying and plagiarizing his entire life, and he's the president of the United States. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> he had an entire campaign derailed for president, and he, that doesn't happen. These people are all ridiculous. They Almost all of them should go. But it is amazing how the media is. is not going to stop on this Santos guy.
1: What did you think of? Uh, I, I thought this is pretty funny. The the January sixth committee, this this sham, this show trial that's been going on at the cost of uh, millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars. They uh, they dropped the uh, Trump subpoena. Remember, it was big news. They they get a subpoena, Donald Trump, haul him in in front of the – like he would have ever come to testify anyway, but. They actually they actually dropped the subpoena, and trump was was ba- bragging about it today on social media. I mean, overall, just what an incredible waste of time this this committee was. No witnesses were cross-examined, no witnesses for the defense, no opposition view of the evidence. you know no no I don't think there, there were no members on this committee that that didn't vote for impeachment. What do you think?
0: Well, but they were largely successful, and this is the problem. Society keeps rewarding people for doing terrible, awful things, and you get the government you deserve. The the whole intention of the January 6th committee was to soil Trump, to make anybody associated with Trump a total poison. And if you look at the results of the election and how the Trump candidates did— this was very, very, very successful. Again, not a finger's been lifted to find out what happened in Portland or Seattle or Chicago or Indianapolis or New York or fill in your favorite metropolitan city, which far worse things happened there than happened in Washington, D.C. No well, baby, you have just terrible, awful people who run this country. We've put them there. They are horrific, and they will continue to do horrific things until we stop it, and we keep voting for them. So we really have no one to blame but ourselves.
1: One of the other, there's a couple other big national items I, I want to ask you about. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, Justice Gorsuch sided with uh, with the libs on the the Title 42 thing. Uh, I'm glad Title 42 is in place, keeping um, you know tens of thousands of migrants from uh, coming into the uh, the country illegally. But Gorsuch was like, and I have a feeling, I, I, I agreed with him. I was like, hey, this isn't, this isn't our problem. This is, it's not our, this is Congress's problem. They need to change the policy. We, we're not in the business of this. Um, what did you think of that whole thing?
0: Well, he's probably right. And Gorsuch, next to Alito, is probably the best justice on the Supreme Court from a purely libertarian standpoint. I think he certainly is. Here's the problem, though biden and the democrats can't decide whether the pandemic's over or not yeah. because on one hand you've got biden saying well the, the you know the pandemic's over but then on the other hand you've got other places that are threatening to start masking again i know when i went to the doctor's office the other day people were still required to wear masks again oh, yeah. uh, so, you, so you can't say well it's totally over because we're still at least in, in terms of public education or uh, edicts by local governments or you know doctors offices there once again making you do things that would insinuate the pandemic's over so while i agree with him that the congress should take care of this well, you can't really say there's no threat. At least the government is telling you there's still clearly a threat of COVID. Yeah,
1: I, I was at the. I took my kid to the doctor the other day, emergency clinic for strep throat, and we had to. I looked like an idiot almost. I walked in, me and him walked in, and and we're filling out the paperwork. And I guess there was signage all over the place saying you must put on a mask. And finally, the lady behind the counter goes, "Sarah, can you put on a mask, please?" I'm like, "Oh, I, I didn't even. I hadn't put on a mask for, for a year." So so you're absolutely right. Uh, Joe Biden on 60 Minutes walking in that Detroit car show. Oh, yeah, COVID's over. Like he waved his, eh, COVID, and then Fauci the next day. Now the pandemic's not over. Uh, I
0: feel so much better about myself, Nige, because we did the same thing. We were to the elevator, and I looked around, and it was like one of those scenes in the movies where, like, everything around you stops, and you're noticing. <laughs> yeah. And I told my wife, I said, Everyone has a mask on here except for us. And I—if it would have been nice—if it had been me, I need—I would have just kept going. But I really need yeah. this baby to get delivered by a professional. And as such, I figured we we better, we better not. It.
1: Yeah, man, how's uh, how's
0: the wife doing? How's she feeling? Well, she's been very well behaved, so I keep letting her eat, and uh <laughs> with keep, you? keep taking care of her, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and knock on wood, so far so good.
1: Hey, uh, does um, our transportation secretary does he actually do anything? Like, has Pete Buttigieg accomplished anything? We played audio earlier of him on some late night talk show, James Corden, uh, over the summer. He's like, oh, things by the air, you know, the airlines will be fine by the holidays. I mean, it's, he's on tape. He's he's ignored letters from attorney generals saying, "Hey, we've got a problem here." Does does he has he accomplished anything in his time as Treasury Secretary other than taking a six month paternity leave?
0: Well, well, to quote the great philosopher Eminem, uh, Pete Buttigieg is great at portraying himself as what Eminem once called an innocent victim because he is never responsible for anything that happens. And the the Biden administration, again we let them get away with it right we keep allowing them to get away with it we keep not punishing people at the ballot box and so what buddha is great about is being a totally incompetent buffoon who you wouldn't let run a shonies if your life depended on it and yet this guy just will waltz out there whether it's baby formula whether yeah. it's transportation yep. whether it's transportation again whether it's supply chain it's always someone else's fault, and he always waltzes out like this strong man threatening other people when he is at the crux of all of these problems because he's totally incompetent.
1: Can I get you to stick around for one more segment? I wanted to ask you about the um, the Indiana Department of Education. They need more money. Oh, and, uh, of course <laughs> they do, right? Let me, let me take a break, and we'll come back with a segment segment here with Rob Kendall here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. we're back it's uh off the rails with rob kendall from the kendall and casey show rob uh, the Indiana department of education needs a lot more money like 100 million like double the last budget so so they want to i guess what they want to do is put more resources in for the non-english speaking programs and um i, I know you talk a lot about this on your show in the department of education what did you think when you saw that
0: Okay. two things. Number one, people need to be reminded that we have a looming crisis that is about to hit almost every homeowner in this state, which is the property tax crisis because of the highly flawed assessment process the Republicans have been in charge of for years and years and years in this state have done nothing about. They know it's happening. They know it's coming. They don't know it's going to cripple elderly and middle class and and, and and lower income people. And they don't have any plan for that because it involves being creative and thinking outside the box and having to do something for the taxpayers. So you don't hear a word about that. And everybody needs to be aware that's about to happen when your spring property tax bills Oof. show up. But when it comes to spending money, whether it's Holcomb's public health initiative or public education or fill in a government service near you, these people can't sprint to the nearest podium to talk about the need to throw money at a problem. Now, if we have, it's going to go up, but we have currently a $37.5 billion biennial budget, of which over half goes to uh, K-12 through education. Wow. So uh, as a product of the public school system, that comes out to about $19 billion, with a B, $19 billion in this state, been on public education. That's before property taxes kick in. So remember, the dollars spent to public education go to pay the teachers from the state. The property taxes that you pay locally are bright, shiny objects. So you're talking probably well over $30 billion in this state goes to public education, and they still don't have enough money. It is not the money. There will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever never be enough money. Again, you have incompetent buffoons who do not know how to spend the money and allocate the resources because they are the government. And
1: speaking of that, I saw. I was listening to John Herrick's uh, story on this. A third of students in this program aren't proficient in reading and writing anyway. And the, uh, the the pandemic lockdowns played a huge part in that. So this is a disaster of their own making.
0: But again, they're never held accountable. Never. It's, like, it's like Brownsburg when they come out and say, well, we're the number one school system in the state, and there are a lot of gullible apathetic uninformed people who will go yeah we're number one look at the reality of what number one means and what the proficiency of people who fail in being number one and you would never tolerate that but again it rests on us it rests on the people we have allowed government we tolerate government being a colossal failure that again if, they were, if, if the Taco Bell drive through were as bad as the government, people would be sprinting to their nearest county chatter <laughs> Facebook page, and the comments would be endless. But when it's the government, we
1: just go, oh, okay. Big plans for New Year's? Well, you know, my birthday is uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, and, so is my uh, son's. That's right. You guys have the both have the same birthday. That's cool.
0: No, 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 He's not of drinking age yet, right? <laughs> oh, no, he's going to turn eleven. But thank you. Oh well, that, so that I won't be able to have him over to our house. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did want to say real quick, yeah. if we have a second, I, I I know Hammer was on with you earlier, yes. and I absolutely loved the way that he named names and told the truth about how terribly you guys were treated by WTHR and the hit piece they did on you guys in regards to that yeah. uh, that Afghanistan story at Camp Banderbury. You guys were completely right. Those people at WTHR, Bob What's-His-Face, owe you an incredible apology. You guys were completely right. Great job on that story, and that's Thank why you. people listen to you because you guys are awesome.
1: Hey, Rob, uh, have a happy new year. Give, uh, give a big hug to that wife of yours, and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you next year.
0: Thank you, and thanks as always to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis.
1: We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel
0: Show.